Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 334 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Thursday, September 7th, 2017, and available for download or streaming on Monday, September 11th, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Tony. And in our audio booth is our audio engineer, Winters. Greetings, folks. All right, before we get started, we have some housekeeping to do. Tony, take it away. Last week, we reminded you to keep an eye on your podcast catchers to make sure you were still subscribed to the show. Well, we ended up pulling the trigger sooner than we expected, so if you're listening to this episode, it means the app automatically grabbed the new feed or you found out the hard way. If it's the latter, we're really sorry for the confusion. Yes, we are, Captains. But thank you for sticking with us, and we're glad that we didn't lose you permanently. Don't forget, you can stay subscribed to Priority One Podcast by pointing those catchers to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. All right, Tony, why don't you tell us what we've got going on this week? This week, there's a lot of discovery news to trek out, including a fundraising campaign that could get you and a friend to the premiere in Hollywood. In Star Trek Online News Season 13.5, Escalation is launching on console, and we are teased with the newest red alert coming with Season 14. And as always, before we wrap the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, you know that we love hearing from you between our episodes, so please reach out to us and keep those hailing frequencies open. You can reach us at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod, or shoot us an email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons, our wonderful, marvelous patrons. Thanks to your generous pledges, we're able to bring you the show every week. And to say thank you, we've got some new stuff coming for you soon, TM. This week, as well, our $10 patrons got early access to the raw, unedited interview from the Cryptic Devs. To find out more and add your support, go to patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Captains, how would you like a chance to attend the Hollywood premiere of Star Trek Discovery? Well, who wouldn't? Well, Rain Wilson is offering you the chance while doing some good. In an effort to raise funds for Lee Day, an education program for girls in rural Haiti, Wilson has teamed up with Prizio to give Trekkies a chance to not only donate to a worthy cause, but also enter for a chance to win round-trip airfare for two to Hollywood and attend the Star Trek Discovery premiere as his guests. Starting with a $10 donation, you get 100 entries, and as you scale up your donations, you get other perks and more entries to win. To donate, head over to the page on Prizio. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Speaking of rain, he shared a little video with Entertainment Weekly, giving a quick tour of the set for Discovery, all while serenading us with his rendition of the original series theme. And then Anthony Rapp makes a little cameo and starts singing with him and harmonizing a little bit and singing the, the, the descant of the, of the actual 
theme, so that was cool. Um, and he's walking through the hallways, through the corridors of what we presume to be the Starship Discovery. But it was pretty cool and, and, and funny all at the same time. So it's nice to see these little videos coming out from the actual production. It's still convention season, and with Discovery filming in Canada, several of the cast and crew had the opportunity to attend Fan Expo. Reporting for Inverse.com, Ryan Britt writes that the lead motion graphic designer for Discovery, Timothy Peel, said during a panel that the uniforms will, quote, slowly advance and become more colorful as we get closer to the original series, and for other reasons I can't repeat, end quote. In the article, Britt goes on to piece together other snippets of the possible evolution, citing novelist David Mack, who is writing a tie-in novel for the new series. Well, I think that leads us to our first community question, Captains. Would you like to see the uniforms evolve into the more familiar color schemes we're used to? Leave us your replies in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO334 or on Facebook or Twitter. I think we talked about this where we said it would be nice to see them make a change. Like if this, if they're going to plant these uniforms and the style somewhere between Enterprise and the original series, like if it changed or they had some room to run. 99% sure we've talked about this before. Probably, probably. But it would be nice to see it. Even if it started, I mean, I obviously can't look like the cage because those costumes were really just a sweater and jacket. Well, I mean, when they finally, like, close the series out, I guess it could. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I won't, I'm not going to hold it against them if they don't exactly replicate the 1964 look that they had going back then. I mean, that's that's not a, not a requirement, but... It would be. It will be nicer. Would be nicer. Hopefully, we do see a transition to the sort of tricolor arrangement that we're used to in TNG and and and, and TOS and those uh, those shows. Kenna in the chat writes, "I'd like to see them evolve into salamanders." That's been done, and we're going to pretend it never did happen because <laughs> nobody likes that show. Nobody likes that episode. Star Trek Online really needs to continue that story. What happened to the vape? What happened to the Kim? Janeway you were baby. sick. You were sick this day because Maria Rosso actually proposed that mission and it got killed. Or like tongue in cheek proposed it. That was one of the questions that we had at our little panel. Which which one which one of these is an actual Star Trek online episode? And we had two or three real ones that were oh, continuations. I and my, yeah, my fake I one, the one I tossed out there, was the salamander. And she said, I don't know if this is the right answer because I proposed it and they killed it. Oh, it was it. Paris Janeway, that's right, not Yeah, yeah, it was the Paris and Janeway thing. So yeah, that one actually I mean, Maria said she proposed it, but I'm pretty sure it was a, sort of a tongue-in-cheek exercise and she knew it was going to yeah. die. In the course of covering Discovery, we mentioned that the show is fully embracing the Klingon culture, and as such, the actors are speaking much of their dialogue in the language. Thankfully, we'll have subtitles, of course. But in case you didn't know, the language isn't just a bunch of gibberish made up by the actors. It's a legit language. with A full alphabet, grammar rules, phrasing, writing system. You get the picture. In a write-up for OuterPlaces.com, Chris Mahone does a really nice job of highlighting the history of the language and its creator, Mark Okrent, who developed it for Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Now, it's definitely an interesting read, Captains, with some fun stories about the development of the language, so we encourage you to check it out. There's a nice little anecdote of Christopher Lloyd being completely immersed and, and, and excited to learn the new language. I'm telling you, that guy is the, the prototype role. Klingon. That guy established mm -hmm. what a Klingon is, in my mind, for all time. Well, 
speaking of uh, establishing anyone as Klingon, if you are up for the challenge, the free mobile language learning app Duolingo now offers a course for learning Klingon. So, brush up. Okay, now we need to take a moment here because everybody knows that when you like get into a language, you know, you have to like learn some useful phrases. Like if you're going to learn Spanish, you want to learn uno mas cerveza por favor. That's one of the first things you I mean, that's that's something you really need. Sure. Or okay. donde esta el aeropuerto or el baño. These are also very important things. <laughs> but I think we need to take a minute and and educate our listeners as to some basic insults in Klingon. Okay. So, Fair enough. So this is this is research I did in the back when I wrote my foundry missions, and I think this is very important. And it became a stumbling right. block for some people in, in the missions. But I think you need to know this. If you're gonna if you're gonna know a little Klingon, you need to insult people. All right. It's like Irish. Okay, three basic Fair insults. Enough. All right. Are you ready? You ready? Chadebach, uh, which you heard in Star Trek Three is an animal. It's a beast of the field. Somebody who's just uncivilized and uncultured and not worthy of, of anything else. So, hadeba, right? All right. So then next up, everybody knows this one, petah. Yep. Right? Right. Right? That is more like, sort of like an incom- incompetent, bumbling moron. Right? That's just like somebody right. who's just like an idiot. Like, you don't even, like, you know, how do you how do you not kill yourself when you use a fork? Okay? I mean, that's that's the kind of level we're talking about. <laughs> and the last one is tacheh. Which is like the worst. That's like you're a you're a traitorous fool. You're a traitorous, evil jerk. Like you've gone against your family and your house. All right. So that's if you want to pick a fight with the Klingon, you got to choose your level of insult. Right. So this is a tip Fair for enough. all of our listeners. There, you you pick the appropriate level of insult uh, to go for your to, to piss off a Klingon. So that's a service of our podcast. Yeah. You're welcome. Very impressive, Tony. That's the only three words I know. And I also know there's no word for goodbye. That's the, That's all I know about. Klingon. I know not Nick 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 New uh, Nick New. I don't remember. It was like it's their greeting, like the closest thing to a greeting. Yeah, it's like what do you want? Nick 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 Nick. Yeah, it, it's, it means like you know like like what the hell do you want? What like, are you what doing do you want? here? Yeah. You know. And now with Discovery Fest approaching, we're starting to see some of the actors making the rounds on talk shows. This last week, Sonequa Martin Green, the show's star, made an appearance on both The Late Show with Stephen Colbert and CBS This Morning. <coughs> Both CBS shows. <coughs> now, her appearance on The Late Show was short, but we got to see an excellent clip of Martin Green in her EV suit facing off with the Klingon torchbearer. As the trailers show more visual effects, we see a HUD, a heads-up display, appear on her helmet, feeding information about the torchbearer. Did you guys see the Tony? Yeah, I, I saw the clip. I saw the little clip. It's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I mean, we sort of knew that moment was coming, so they didn't reveal anything. Uh, by showing it, so yeah, let's hurry up. September twenty fourth, get here. Right now, uh, there are a few things from these. Uh, so a bunch of trailers have been trickling out. If you go to Star Trek Discovery's Twitter feed, uh, they've been posting a lot of them there. There are also some on Instagram that are not region locked. So if you have a problem uh, accessing them outside of the United States, you might want to try their Instagram account. But in one of the recent ones, you hear the red alert klaxon, and it's the, the one that we're used to. It's not a new one. It's not a different one. And you see the halls and have the, 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 the red alert striping on the walls. So that, that was cool that they're keeping these things. What I did hear was when they fire torpedoes, it's, it's the sound effect more closely similar to the JJ-verse torpedo. It's still the slinky, the hit on the slinky, which is from the original series. But it's a little more, it's deeper and a little more resonant that when you heard it on the, in the JJ films, and it sounds like they're pulling that sound effect from the JJ verse. So it's not the classic TOS just on the slinky. I've never liked that. 
So I don't, I don't care. That's fine with me. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Now, what is kind of sad is that the computer's voice is not Majel's. And I was kind of hoping that they would have, like, maybe worked with Adobe. Because I don't know if you remember several months ago, Adobe had made an announcement that they had created an app for company. Like, it was, it was going to be able to be sold that would analyze a person's voice and be able to literally recreate it and have its and type the text and it would read the text in that person's voice and it was almost indistinguishable and and adobe they got a lot of flack on it in on um in the news media you know about about counterfeiting and fake news and all that jazz so adobe pulled back from that using that software pretty pretty quickly or developing the software but then also there have been rumors that google has been working on taking on analyzing Majel's voice from all the, the episodes and creating their next assistant to be actually Majel's voice. I was kind of hoping that, that, that CBS and Paramount might have worked with one of those two companies to, to try to bring Majel's voice back into, into Star Trek Discovery. One of the things I've wondered about when uh, we're not in Stone News yet, but one of the things I've wondered about Star Trek Online is why they never say, they, that never one of their selling points is that when you... Sh- take somebody's shields down it's major barrett talking to you in star trek online i think so it's uh, it sounds an awful lot like her i, I mean i know there's a lot of stuff no. going i know there's a lot of stuff going on but it's, uh, it sounds an awful lot like her i don't think so I to be honest so. with you if i remember no. correctly al rivera said that they have a uh, sound alike or something uh, a woman to do that and she just happens to sound yeah, not- like her I can't say for definite, no. though. And that, there's a lot of audio things going on at the same time, yeah. but, man, it sure sounds like it to me. Yeah. It, to, so it, it's such an iconic part of the Star Trek environment that the more you could do that, the, you want to talk about immersion. I mean, that would, that would, yeah. that would clearly yeah. make people think, yeah, I'm watching Star Trek. If it yeah. could be yes. Uh, yes. Exactly. Major Barrett's voice coming out of the computer terminal. Hey, maybe that's something we'll see in you know season two or season three. Maybe they'll get the red, gold, and blue shirts, and it'll be Major Barrett's voice coming out of the computer. Like this is the Mark Twelve with the brand new updated voice. <laughs> Working. Well, captains, that about wraps up the roundup for Star Trek news this week. Now let's find out what happened in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Last week it had been announced that season 13.5 was going to hit consoles on the 5th, but due to some sort of bug or something, STO community manager Mike Fatum had to make a forum post announcing the delay. However, it wasn't long before it hit consoles, and as of September 7th, season 13.5 Escalation is on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. This mid-seasonal update brings with it the Ferengi Admiralty campaign and the Endeavor system. Also launching with season 13.5 on console is the featured episode Brush Fire, starring J.G. Hertzler as Martok and Tony Todd as Rodek. The featured episode is available to all captains, regardless of faction, levels 10 and up. The Ferengi Admiralty campaign is available to all captains, level 52 and up. And the Endeavor system is for levels 60 only. Correct and right. Just as a little side note as well, they have started a full Dalithian week as a apology or a thank you due to the delay of season 13.5 on consoles. So on both PlayStation 4 and Xbox, there is a Dilithium week currently going. Now season 14 Emergence is coming up and we're starting to get some insight on the upcoming content. 
The new red alert coming with season 14 places you and four other captains against the Zinkethi. It seems the Zinkethi have enhanced their protomatter bombs and are targeting planets, and it's up to you and your team to stop them. Now, not much more was shared about the mission by staff content designer Ryan Levitt, but like most red alerts, it's for players level 50 to 60 of all factions and will reward marks, dilithium, and R&D materials. Now, for those of you not completely familiar with what a red alert is, essentially a red alert is a quest that is triggered as you are traveling through th sector space uh, in your ship from one location to another. And the, the point of it is for immersion, really. You have an icon show up at the bottom of your screen that reads red alert, and you can choose from a series of missions that fall under that category, and you're reacting to something going on in the environment near you, and you can join in uh, with other captains, or you can team up with your friends and go in together. Um, this one actually might be a fun one. Longtime PC gamers may have heard of a third-party app called Raptor, a social networking app aimed at gamers. The app would track your game stats and share them with friends. It also had a chat component and ways of sharing your gaming session highlights. Well, as of September 30th, Raptor is closing its doors. Accounts will be disabled and the service will be shut down. Until the 30th, you can log in and grab and export all of your history. So if you are using the service to track all those hours in STO, be sure to grab your data before Raptor is no more. I used Raptor for a hot second and I had it installed. I want to say I used it like three years ago, three or four years ago. Yeah. Because um, everybody in Stowe, anyone who was anybody, was using it. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I did. I, I haven't used it since that three years ago. I mean, really, it was kind of obsolete even back then. But even now, I still see from time to time people posting on on Twitter or on Facebook. People who know, forgot many, it was still running. Many, yeah, people forgot it was still running. How many <laughs> hours they logged in the in Star Trek Online for that for that uh, day or something like that? Um, it was an interesting concept, but um, it's time to see that application sunset. But even though the news is short for Star Trek Online this week, we still have for you Winter's Weekly Top Tip. In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's my weekly top tip. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that it was possible to transfer refined dilithium between characters. This week, I'm going to walk you through how that is possible. The first thing you need to do is to open the dilithium exchange. The easiest way to do this is to open your inventory and click on the Assets tab, then scroll down to the Dilithium section and click Exchange. Once the exchange is open, you need to make sure that you are on the Buy Zen tab. From there you want to type 25 into the Dilithium per Zen section. After that, you type in the amount of Dilithium you want to transfer into the Total Dilithium to Sell section. So let's say you want to transfer 100,000 dilithium from one character to another. The Zen to buy section would say 4,000 Zen. The dilithium per Zen section will be set to 25, and the total dilithium to sell would have 100,000 dilithium in it. The next step is to click on the Submit Offer to Buy button located at the bottom of the dilithium exchange. This will then place your offer on the exchange and you will see it located in the Outstanding Offers section in the top right of the Dilithium Exchange. The next step is to cancel the offer that you just placed on the exchange. You can do this by simply selecting your offer in the Outstanding Offers section and then click on the Cancel Offer button. This will then move your offer to the Exchange Balance section. Once the offer has been cancelled, you can then switch characters. 
Once you have loaded up your new character, open up the exchange again and the final step is to click on the withdraw button and then hit OK. You have now successfully transferred 100,000 dilithium from one character to another. For more information we will leave a link in the show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO334. Don goes, well, it was nice knowing you, Dilithium Swapping. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, this is, quote, you know, cheating or exploiting. I, it's not. I mean, it's it's a time currency that you earned no matter what character you earned it on. Yep. So I don't, you know, I, this, uh, there's, there, we, this was debated back in the early days when we had Dilithium, uh, the, when it was first introduced, and I, it's... It does not defeat the purpose of a developer issuing a time currency. So it's not, it's not, it's not an exploit. It's not a cheat. It's not a workaround. It's just the way the exchange was designed to work is to let you, as a customer, as a player, transfer either money in the form of cash to Zen to buy the time currency, and you can use that to get it onto whatever character you want and. The way the, mecha- the way the mechanic works is that you have to be able to do it the other direction, too, for, for the functionality to, to work. So you're not defeating the design purpose. It's working as intended. Well, that's it for this week in Star Trek Online and general gaming news. Now it's time to open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. In episode 333, we asked, if you were on the fence for CBS All Access, how likely is it that the pilot cliffhanger will get you to purchase All Access? Now, this week, most of our comments came from the episode post on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO333. And our first one comes from Chiyo Umiku. If I was on the fence, well, let's say I was. Yes, a two-parter will make me do it because I'm a story-driven person. The tales told in Star Trek or any other serialization makes me want to know what's going to happen. It would for sure make me do it, assuming I hadn't already. And we have to thank Chio again because uh, they subscribe to CBS All Access using our affiliate links on our website. So don't forget, if you are going to subscribe, please visit our site at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And it's like all over the place. You can just click it and it'll just take you right to CBS and and, uh, we'll get a nice commission for it at no additional cost to you. Jim D. Rose, I'm holding off signing up specifically to take advantage of their one week free offer the day after the premiere. This way I can record the first episode, watch it, then sign up to watch the second and third episodes during the free trial. At that point, I'll most likely pay up. I will tell you that I'm torn between rewarding them for doing this and risking it not being renewed by striking against this business model. The conflict is that by signing up I am rewarding them for holding this show hostage to us as true fans. But if I don't do it, then I may be contributing to it not continuing. Have I told you how much I hate this? Yeah, uh, Jim, you know, I know that we keep pushing and, and encouraging our listeners to subscribe to CBS All Access via our website, but it is no secret that I, too, um, am not a fan of the CBS All Access streaming thing. And here's why. And I think I said this a few weeks ago. Disney just announced that they're pulling their contract with Netflix, and all of the Disney shows, including the Marvel movies, will no longer be on Netflix. So, whereas Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime 
were a nice way of cutting the cord, so to speak. Now, if everybody wants to start doing it, you're going to end up paying what you paid for in cable with all these subscription services. So, the point is now moot. I think you're right to have this kind of love-hate relationship with it, but you do have a point. If by not paying for this, we're also contributing to the possibility that Star Trek Discovery or any further serialized or episodic storytelling of Star Trek will continue. Yeah, I, I think, though, maybe there is a bit of a sort of ship has sailed thing going on with the renewal. CBS has already basically said season one has paid for its has been paid for, right? And it's being borne by the backs of the investors like Netflix, who paid for the worldwide distribution rights, and uh, uh, some other investors that have come along. So season one is, is already going to make money from any subscription that gets put on there. So Star Trek's already sort of in the black. I think what it's going to be is how quickly they order the next season how much money that that production has to spend and uh, uh, how how expensive they're going to let the production get. So, I mean, it's just it, it's how big the producers can dream. Maybe we'll put it that way instead. Because they've already sort of hinted at it's going to explore the things after the Klingon War. And so what that looked like, the scope of what that will look like will probably depend on the amount of subscriptions and whether they hit that 2 million number or you get to 4 million like Ken has discussed a bunch of times. So I think everyone needs to just make an individual decision based on your own pocketbook and whether or not you are getting what we've always wished for, which is we've always wished that we could just pick and choose which cable channels we wanted, right? Well, congratulations everybody. This is how technology is delivering that dream to you. You can now choose to just get CBS shows or just get ESPN and, and Disney shows or just get Netflix shows. You know, be careful what you wish for. Technology has provided it to us. And Sean Newboy writes in to say, wonderful show, everyone. Thanks for the visit, Ian and Jorge. And he says, it would have to be one heck of a good episode to make me open my wallet for one show. You know, the, the more these trailers are being released and the promotion is happening for discovery as we lead up to its release the more excited i'm kind of getting about it i mean the story looks pretty solid and earlier we mentioned that sonequa martin green was on cbs this morning if you watch that clip links of course will be in the show notes as she's talking they're playing almost an entire scene from one of the episodes i presume it's the first episode there it's an it's like the whole thing's playing right and if you kind of tune out sonequa martin green and the, and the hosts you can kind of hear what they're saying and what's going on in the plot. Yeah, it's um, you definitely check it out. It's worth it's worth checking out. The one thing that bugs me about um, all these uh, trailers and stuff coming out, I like I'm not terribly excited about it, but I see all this stuff linked on Facebook and on Twitter, and everything's region locked, and it's driving me nuts. And yeah, it's it such just... pain. Yeah, and until you get your Star Trek with your Netflix subscription. So keep complaining now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then 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 afterwards you're going to be sitting pretty and the rest of us are going to be still moaning and groaning and listening to Al and Elijah argue with each other about this whole thing. So <laughs> <laughs> And during our live recording for episode 332, we talked about cursing in Trek and David S wrote in via Patreon as he is a patron. Who fracking cares? If I substitute one word in place of another word, but everyone knows what word I'm intending to say, then does it really matter which word I use? 
Battlestar had to because of being on television. But with Discovery on streaming, then they don't have any of these arbitrary restrictions. And that is truth. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it's just, it's the FCC guidelines, the seven deadly words or whatever it is that you're not supposed to say. So, I mean, that's that's why the rules say you can't do it. But this is a different question from what do the, what do the market conditions demand that I restrict myself from doing? Do I want parents to be comfortable putting an eight-year-old in front of this show and saying, watch away, because it's Star Trek, because we know the product is going to be something that I will let my eight-year-old watch. You know, let me, let me, to quote Star Trek VI, just because we can do a thing doesn't mean we should do that thing. And just because you can get away with blood, guts, and sex in a Star Trek show, do you have to? Do you, should you? That's more the well, question. Well, you know, in the article that came out on Entertainment Weekly a few weeks ago, they talked about this, right? Because last week we had reported, or a few weeks ago we had reported that the show's going to have a TVMA rating. They did address it, and they and, and in the article they explained that look, we're not they're not going after emulating something like Game of Thrones, right? Where it's just almost gratuitous blood, sex, and you know gore. That if it if it happens, it has to draw it has to move the story forward. It can't just be to do it to, for for doing its sake, right? For shock value purposes. Except five years ago, that's what the article said about Game of Thrones too. The producers are like, well, we only do it for dramatic reasons, you know. Yeah, but I think Star Trek, I mean, Star Trek is different, though, because Star Trek has a legacy. Star Trek has a legacy that they have to live up to. So I can't imagine that they would push the envelope in such a way that would make families uncomfortable watching it together. They've got a TVMA rating. I think it might be a little mature. Yeah, but that automatically means that my nine-year-old girl will not be watching it first run. For me, in my house, I'm going to screen it for a nine-year-old. For a 13 or 14-year-old, my 14-year-old, I'm not going to care. I wish I could sit down with my nine-year-old daughter, with the woman captain on the Shenzhou, and the woman first officer who's going to be the lead character. I wish I could sit my nine-year-old daughter down with me and watch that. But I can't, first run. I'm going to have to screen it first. Well, that wraps up episode 334 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, go to podcasts.roddenberry.com. Before we go, here's a reminder of what our community question was for the week. Would you like to see the uniforms in Star Trek Discovery evolve into the more familiar colors we're used to? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Thursday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel for some in-depth playthroughs of Star Trek Online. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. Captains, this episode of Priority One is brought to you entirely by our patrons through patreon.com. If you'd like to support the show financially each month, you can find out more at patreon.com forward slash priority one. 
And even if you can't make a financial contribution, Captains, we need you to go out there and be our army. Tell your Trekkie friends that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news from the films, from television, from literature, even science news, and of course, gaming like Star Trek Online, right here on Priority One Podcast. Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. We cover the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. And as always, thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake, we wish him well as he moves into a new home. Congratulations, Jake. And of course, thank you for spearheading all of our social media endeavors, especially those Title It Tuesdays and Awesome Survey Sundays. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boats Lou. But most importantly, Captains, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. No little clay, I need to insult people, right? Okay, okay three basic insults. All right, are you ready? You ready? Khadiba. I hope that this is. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. First of all, <laughs> first of all, you gave that a very, very odd accent. <laughs> Donde está el baño? It was no. You gave the Klingon already. I heard it. it was I like a little, little Yiddish in there. Well, we were talking about space. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was your Yiddish. We were talking about space. It was your Yiddish. Yiddish came. Yeah, out. little 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 Yiddish came so out. So little, little, I'm doing my um, Mel Brooks. This is Mel Brooks Klingon. All right. So this is <laughs> this is if you find yogurt on on Kronos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is what you know. As I think about it, they kind of did. He's hawking. He's hawking the spaceballs merchandising. Spaceballs the Batlet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it was something that they kind of like did. I mean, it was. It was. I guess Cryptic signed up the game to be included in that somehow, but it just. It. I never saw. <laughs> <laughs> the hell was that? The best part of that, I don't know if you heard, this, is a little. At the bottom, nah, the, after I everything fell, I don't even know. It's what it's, it's it's Hurricane. What's his name? Yeah, Hurricane Frodo is what it is. What it is. <laughs> yeah.